Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. We are back. So welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And this week, bitches, we are talking about the very spooky place. A very spooky place. Let me just, like, re-emphasize that shit, Sierra. Okay. Um, we visited last week during mm-hmm. our vacation. Um, but before we do, as always, Sierra, do not knock down the mic. Um, as always, how the fuck we be? <laughs> Because uh, I be tipsy. Yeah, just uh, been an interesting last 15 minutes and I took, even before that. So, um, I love how I always do this. I ask you how I are, how, I are, how mm-hmm. you are, <laughs> and then I say how I am. Uh-huh. Um, I, I took two shots of moonshine because we mm-hmm. got moonshine, and it's legal moonshine. And I uh, just want to put that in there mm-hmm. for legal purposes. And I didn't feel anything. Like, 20 minutes later, and I was this like... Is like, how edibles go. Like, <laughs> 110% how it went when I took edibles. Um, and I was like, fuck. Solely, my, my, my understanding is based solely on other people's experience. Yeah, no, mine's based on first person. My mom is going to fucking murder me um, when she hears this, if she hears this. Your mom is going to be like, what the fuck, Sierra? Anyway. She doesn't say that. <laughs> what the heck, Sierra? Um, no, anyway, so then I took those two shots first, and I was like, hmm, not really feeling anything. And then I took two more shots. And y'all, it was not a, a smart plan. She even used my shot glass. <laughs> Sierra got. <laughs> she christened it. Uh, so my parents went to the Bahamas. Is that where they went? They went somewhere yeah. in the Caribbean. Yeah. And um, they brought Sierra back a shot glass, even though Sierra does not drink. And it says Sierra's bar on it. And I was mm-hmm. like, Sierra, your bar is open for business. And just took four straight shots of moonshine out of that. Um, I am also drinking a spritzer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're doing really great. How was vacation? Do you feel refreshed? Because I feel refreshed. Uh, no. <laughs> no, you don't feel refreshed? Not really, no. After spending all that time with my grandma. Y'all hear my spritzer? I like this. It's, it's a nice sound, though. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, well, on Tuesday when we came, like, the day after we came back, I was not feeling well at all. You were all. so sick. And since I was feeling so sick, I kind of just, like, didn't want to do anything the rest of the week. And I know. I came out of my room Tuesday morning, and I was, like, hot damn serious snoring. And you texted me, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, and I responded to, like, 8 o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, because I did. I was like going back to sleep, and I wanted you to know, but like I didn't. I figured you would just see it whenever. Yeah, and at eight a.m. So, apparently. So I was just like, I'm just gonna let her know because I texted everybody else at that time. I was like, I'm not coming. Yeah. And Other than that, we did have a good vacation though. It was good. Sierra um tried to get me murdered, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we several went times. several times, y'all. Okay. But she's still kicking. I'm still kicking. Um, after this moonshine, who knows where mm. we'd be at. Um, 
<laughs> no, she took me to this castle mm-hmm. that we're pretty sure was run by an actual um, insane man. Uh, it's yeah. called the, the Greenback Castle. If you guys are ever in Greenback, Tennessee, I would suggest going with a large group of people and not by yourself. Yeah, I would definitely recommend not by yourself. Um, it was very, very fun, though. That was probably my, my like highlight of the, the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway... My favorite place was, well, it wasn't, okay, the castle was my favorite place. Yes. Um, but the next favorite place was the place that I am currently talking about, and that is the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Yes. <laughs> and that bitch, to really set the tone of this place, y'all, whenever we go anywhere, I always get a bumper sticker and a postcard. Do yes. I not? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a park, you get one of those little tokens. Yeah. If it's a national park, I get one of the little token things. Um, so the postcard I got from this place says greetings from hell. Mm-hmm. So super cute, really nice, like really nicely sets the atmosphere mm-hmm. for this place. There's Bailey barking at us. As always, let's get into the history before the ghosties. Okay. Uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary wasn't just a jail. Uh, for decades, it was a coal mine for the state of Tennessee that originated in the wake of, like, a bloody labor battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of the Civil War led to a boom in railroad construction and the rapid expansion of coal mining industry throughout Tennessee, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, because many of the state's coal veins were located in remote areas, most mining companies provided, like, housing and, like, um, like by collecting rent for, mi- like, miners... Yeah, I rem- I uh, in that TV show, what was it, Wind Calls the Heart or whatever, basically that's what happens. Not one that you would have seen. Um, Emily and my mom were watching it, and... The it, other Emily? Yeah. Okay. Other Emily and my mom, like, had watched it, and uh-huh. uh, I think my mom, anyway... Um, basically, that's what they do. They have like this whole this coal mine in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And they build houses for the for the coal miners and their families to live. Uh huh. And then they like slowly build like a little town around the mine. Basically okay. run by the guy who owns the mine. Okay. So he like collects rent from all the business owners. Yeah. All the miners, and then like. Okay, so that is exactly owned, what happened. Yeah. Okay, so um, they like started selling like food, clothes, and other necessities. Necessities. Mm-hmm. I've had four shots of moonshine, and I am now drinking a wine spritzer, y'all, so just bear with me, at inflated prices to already poor workers piled up in debt. Yeah. Really cute. Yeah. Really, really cute. Um, so by the time their debt and rent were paid, they had little to show for a meager wage job with dangerous working conditions. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Yeah. Just any mine. Yeah. dangerous. Pretty much. So the Coal Creek miners were clever, holding strikes in winter when coal was demand, like coal demand was high. Mm-hmm. This tactic worked until a new convict lease program gave companies a cheaper, more compliant workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prison lease system was adopted throughout the South, mainly because state governments couldn't afford to build and maintain prisons or feed, shelter, and clothe inmates, and like convict like, and a convict lease program cut costs and brought in money. Okay, yeah. Um, Beyond that, officials could not exploit the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery but allowed involuntary servitude Mm -hmm. for criminal punishment. Right. So when federal troops left the South in 1877 after Reconstruction, 
this is about to get real depth, y'all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love history. Mm-hmm. Have I told this before? Yes. Okay, I really, really love history. It's just, like, my thing. Mm-hmm. I was never good at math. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not really science, because science included math. Right. But a bitch knows history <laughs> and geography. Yeah, okay. Um, so, anyway. So, um... State officials who were hostile to former enslaved people handed down long prison sentences and, like, life terms, Mm -hmm. um, even for, like, petty crimes, like, stealing, uh, like, a fucking loaf of bread. Right. It was, like, life. If I I can't use you, you may as well be out of my face. Yeah. So, soon, black people made up the majority of prisoners in the South, Mm -hmm. which, again, makes sense. Um, Tennessee began leasing prisoners in 1866, and by 1891, the Tennessee coal mine in Anderson County adopted the practice. The fateful decision led to Coal Creek War, which is, like, the main thing, the main event here, okay? Okay. Um, where citizen miners attacked and burned state prison, mm-hmm. um, stockades and mines, then loaded prisoners and, like, guards alike onto a train and, handed, and like, headed out of town. Mining companies sent them back, and state officials called in troops for protection. When months of small arms skirmishes led to dead men on both sides, officials realized the cost of maintaining and, like, standing a militia undercut any financial gains and, like, convict lease contracts expired. Legislation passed to construct the state's final, like, first maximum security prison. So, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was, like, the first of its kind. Mm -hmm. Um, By 1896, inmates were building an on-site railroad spur, like, which is, like, a... Like a a little shoot-off of that? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, As well as the original wooden prison structure with their own hands, which Mm -hmm. we learned with our prison tour. Um, Between the ongoing violence, deadly mining accidents, chronic illnesses, life inside, Brushy was precarious, to say the least... Yeah, um, for sure. Diseases were rampant, including tuberculosis, typhoid fever, pneumonia, and especially syphilis, mm. um, which alone affected three-fourths of the black inmates. Mm. By, uh, beyond generally poor medical care and treatment, inmates were routinely beaten for underproducing right. um, in the mines, despite their dire health conditions, and many died as a result. There was never a death row at Brushy, okay. uh, but there was plenty of death. And um, while America was roaring through the 20s, convicts at Brushy spent their days in the dark of the mines, urged urged to dig faster with lashes from thick leather straps. And y'all, we saw, I will mm-hmm. post this on Instagram, we saw how thick those fucking straps are. Like, you know the chunky belts everybody wore in the 2000s? Like, That's how thick these straps were. At least. Yeah. Bailey is over here um, doing that reverse sneeze thing in case you guys hear anything right now. I don't know if you will, but you're welcome for that wonderful side of, uh, <laughs> sound effect. So their nights weren't any better with men stacked in the original wooden buildings. Uh, they were like actually falling apart, just waiting to catch fire. So as Sierra and I learned, they would have like 12 hour shifts in mm-hmm. the mine. And so they would double book the cells. So like mm-hmm. one inmate would be sleeping or two inmates would be sleeping. And then the other two would be working in the mines. And then they would basically just switch mm-hmm. for the same cell. Um, by 1931, Brushy held nearly a 
1,000 inmates, far more than it was ever meant to. Also in 1931, Brushy housed, like, this is like a more, like, specific amount, Mm -hmm. 976 men, roughly 300 more than its capacity. Mm -hmm. So, like, that just really, like, drives home the point. Like, overcrowding was so prevalent and persistent, it drew comparisons to conditions inside the infamous Siberian prisons of the Soviet Union. Uh, the state's answer was simple. Plans were drawn for a new structure to be made and reinforced, um, like reinforced concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were made, like, so convicts would break the sandstone out of nearby quarry and, like, to build the new prison. Mm-hmm. And when Sierra and I say that this prison was surrounded by nothing but solid mountain, mm-hmm. was it not? Seriously, though. So constructed in the shape of a Greek cross it stood four stories high boasted battlements atop and by 1934 it was surrounded by an 18 foot stone wall and it was limestone which we'll get into in a minute okay why that's important um for a moment things got better the new prison was safer more sanitary and built in the shape of a cross you know hopefully Mm -hmm. that will invite some good Mm -hmm. vibes (laughs) Mining remained the sole mission of the prison until the 1960s, which is a long-ass time, Sierra. And in, the, in 1969, Brushy was reclassified as a primarily maximum security when 100 beds were added to the house, lesser, like, offenders, like, the, quote, outsider walls. And the average prison term was 200 years. Nice. Yeah. Um, Many of the new minimum security inmates were entrusted with jobs serving the outside community. So people could actually bring their laundry for free to get it done. There were also the Petrus Voluntary Fire Department, which operated 24-7 between 1971 and 1994. Which, could you imagine prisoners coming to put your house fire out? Because I could not. No. So, by the middle of the century, Brushy's reputation as the last stop for the worst com- criminals had become, like, legend. Mm-hmm. If you wore out your welcome at another prison or committed some unspeakable crime, which one of the uh, most unspeakable crimes we learned while we were at the prison was animal abuse, mm-hmm. um, you would be sent to Brushy. And let me tell you, that was never a good thing. The cafeteria alone was noted as the deadliest place. At the prison, was mm-hmm. it not? It was. So in 1957, after uh, the shutting down of the hole, they built D Block. And uh, to keep the nastiest inmates isolated from the rest, it just happens that D Block was built on the site of the old death house, where bodies of the dead inmates were kept until they were given back to their families or buried on the pauper cemetery up the hill. In 1967, Brushy was reclassified as a maximum security prison in the end of, like, the end of the end. Like, this is where a bitch gets sent. But convicts continued to work and die in the mines for decades. It was Lake Russell, a reform-minded warden uh, and former football coach at nearby Carson Newman College, who finally stopped the mining at Brushy Mountain. Of course, the mines were also losing money. So, was it a good warden or a good business, businessman to put an end to it? Like, there's some debate. We'll never know. Yeah. 
that's brushy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the most infamous error of brushy history, a time when the assassin, James Errol Ray, who murdered Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. um, so Ray removed from his removed a cinder block from his cell and managed to squeeze through a hole. He might have escaped, but his path was smack into the prison steam plant where heat would have cooked him alive. Uh, after a, a year after that, a guard caught Ray crawling through a makeshift saw, apparently hoping to cut his way out of the air vent. Mm-hmm. Then in 1977, Ray and six other like six other inmates mm-hmm. climbed over the wall using a 16 foot ladder made from salvage pipe. We saw this pipe y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how anybody, let alone a full grown ass man crawled up this <laughs> shit. Uh, the FBI and U S marshal services swarmed into Morgan County, but a little more than two days later, local trackers and a hound dogs found him exhausted and buried under leaves, trying to mask his scent. Mm-hmm. You always go to water. You motherfucker. Also, what a piece of shit. Right. Right? Okay. He had only made it a few miles from the prison walls. Okay. And then in 81, mm-hmm. 1981, three inmates stabbed Ray 22 times. Whoa. Yeah. Some say it was payback for the assassination. Some say it was another race scheme, a way to get publicity and a new trial for what he claimed was like a false confession. Mm-hmm. Ray, however, left Brushy in 1992 and died in a state facility in Nashville six years later. Um, so, like, that is one of the most infamous inmates there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, back to the prison itself. In 1972, the guards went on strike demanding security improvements, and Brushy was shut down for four years. Uh, so they improved some things and reopened Brushy in 1976, but friends... Yeah. Let me fucking tell you. Um, Tensions between black inmates and white inmates threatened to overwhelm the system, and it just didn't seem capable of containing the evil of this place. Like, you have prisoners whose average fucking term is 200 goddamn years. What do they have to live for? Exactly! Why not stab a bitch? Like, you know? I mean, what are you going to do? Exactly. Let me get in prison. I'm already here. Exactly. Greetings from hell, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, so it doesn't really inspire good behavior. No. So in 1982, um, the powder keg ignited. Seven white inmates held guards hostage at knife point. They took the guards' guns, found four of their, like, uh, black rivals in a Glock cells and opened fire. Yeah. Sierra, y'all can't see Sierra's face, but it's a lot. Um, They killed two. The other two managed to survive by hiding in the corner behind their mattresses. Mm. People said things couldn't get any worse, and maybe finally they were right. In in the 1980s, Brushy Mountain ended its long-standing function as a maximum security prison and assumed a mission as a classification facility. In its final operations, it had a capacity of 584 inmates and was used as the state's reception slash classification and diagnostic center for East Tennessee. It housed all custody levels of inmates, although it retained maximum security designation due to like 96 bed maximum. 
and um, the 96 beds were used to house the state's most troublesome inmates. The last war uh, warden of the prison was jo uh, sorry guys was Jim Worthington. The prison closed uh, June 11th, 2009, which is really fucking recently. Mm -hmm. um, its functions were transferred to Morgan County Correctional Complex. Uh, also, I don't think I learned this while I was there, and I really quite love it. So mm -hmm. this first part, I'm, mm, uh, this was the fictional home of Ray McDear in John Grissom's book, um, The Firm. However, it was also the destination of Dr. Hannibal Lecter oh. before he escaped in Silence of the Lambs. Huh. My second ma favorite movie ever. Hmm. I didn't realize that. I didn't either. I don't know why the fuck that didn't just like click, click in my brain, you know? Yeah. Ugh, I fucking love that movie. Okay, so it goes for me, guys. The Shiny. The Silence of the Lambs. The Sixth Sense. And what's the last one? I forgot the last one. What's the other one I made you watch? Uh, that was it. That was it? Okay. We're going to go with that's it. I love the Conjuring movies, and I love mm -hmm. the um, Purge movies, but I don't think they make my top three. Mm -hmm. um, so, do there are multiple spirits and uh, at this prison, obviously, where mm -hmm. roughly 10,000 People died on oh, the property yeah. from mining accidents, war battles, disease, and prison attacks. Um, so that's a lot of fucking people, man. It is, and it's not like it was that long of a time for 10,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And we're back, motherfuckers, after I um, almost broke my nose on the iPad. No, I will not explain further. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the fucking ghosties are you ready i'm ready well let me scroll down and find it again because <laughs> apparently we scrolled up during okay. our break all righty on to the ghosties <laughs> so the solitary confinement block which animals even refuse to go near and let me just let, let's point this out sierra they fucking had animals at the goddamn wazoo, did mm -hmm. they not? They did. They had, like, a pet deer. They had cats. They had dogs. But the... Um, bats. Snakes. Bats. Snakes. <gasps> Sierra. <laughs> All right. We need to talk about our bat experience while we're there. Okay. <laughs> while we're here. While we were there. Sure. All probably. Both, both of okay. Those. All of the above, motherfuckers. <laughs> so... We were there. Sierra was taking a picture. Mm -hmm. I was taking a picture. And Sierra turned around. And I then turned around. Mm -hmm. And I was in front of Sierra. And all of a sudden, we hear this <laughs> noise. And the light was flickering already. <laughs> so I turn around. And the moment I turn around, I see this fucking bat flying out. Sierra's eyes get as wide as goddamn um, freaking golf balls. And she goes, what was that? <laughs> and I feel like that's is the, the most emotion I have ever gotten from a Sierra and being scared, at least. Oh, I was like, that was a bat. She was like, of course it would happen <laughs> right when I turned around. I'm like, you know. <laughs> I will also post a picture of that sketchy-ass hallway because I have motion pictures, so I got, like, a video of it, you know? Yeah. So I will post that to the Instagram. Um, but let me just tell y'all, it scared me shit out of me. Mm -hmm. It scared the shit out of Sierra, I'm assuming. 
Um, it was it was just not 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 the most fun thing. So um, animals refused to go near this cell block of solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could hear pigs oinking during like paranormal investigations. Uh, the noises likely had something to do with Jesus casting demons into swine. Um, Brock, which is one of the paranormal investigators, mm-hmm. said that her flashlight went out, mm. which maybe it's just faulty batteries. You know, mm-hmm. I have to play devil's advocate here because that <laughs> is just who I am. Yeah. Um, paranormal researchers have found that certain natural properties such as water, limestone, and other stones can energize spirits, which mm-hmm. the entire building is made from limestone. Yeah. Um, well, Brushy Mountain also has an abundance of water around it because it is the mountains. Yeah. Um, there have been many ghost hunting teams to do investigations inside the prison um, since its closing in 2009. The evidence has come out that there has been, like, extremely convincing um, from one ghost who supposedly smokes a cigarette, if you leave one as a gift, um, his name is Jack Jett, a prisoner who was murdered while talking on the phone, mm. which I feel like that's how I'm going to go out, like, <laughs> while talking, you know? Yeah. Like, the middle of my fucking sentence, and... And then I'll never know what you're going to say after that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The gold is buried. <laughs> <laughs> If you want your inheritance. Uh. <laughs> that would be me. That would 110% be me. Oh my gosh. So even though Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was an all-male prison, there is supposedly a female spirit huh. um, that is very active in the courtyard by the name of Bonnie. She will interact with most ghost hunters who are brave enough to come inside the walls, which... I am so glad you knew none of this before we went in. Um, She will most likely, like, and most often, um, like, attach to a certain ghost hunter of the crew. Mm -hmm. Uh, She will make the the crew, the crew or person Mm -hmm. feel really, really at home. Very calm. Um, so in the cafeteria, however, where there are many ghosts, as I said before, the cafeteria was like one of the most violent areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the ghosts are said to have haunt like this location, but one that stands out more than the rest is a spirit they refer to as Waterhead. Um, Waterhead is thought to be the spirit of a prisoner who was killed while working in the cafeteria. And let me tell y'all, the cafeteria was fucking creepy. Like, they had this whole area for this cafeteria, and apparently the walls were white before, and they let inmates paint murals and pictures and such on the walls to, like, boost morale. Um, And, like, they had removed some of the faces of the um, people in the paintings, which I found very unsettling. (laughs) Did you not? Did you not find that unsettling? Like, you could tell where they touched it up where you couldn't see the person's face. Mm. Um, So, anyway, Waterhead had, like, nearly his entire arm cut off by his attacker. Oh, my goodness. So, he will walk up to people and tug on their arm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the next location of interest was C Block, which is one of the blocks that we Mm -hmm. visited. 
as I mentioned in the previous like bit of this, the there was like this hostage. Did I mention this? The hostage situation was with it? the guards. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, that ended in the slaying of two black inmates, but um, they like the prison called the like the inmates that killed them were the Magnificent Seven. So in C Block, like the area of the three or four cell area, like where these inmates were killed, mm-hmm. Spirits remains uh, by the name of James. James has a love of cigarettes, and that love did not die when he did. <laughs> it, it is said that if you place a lit cigarette anywhere in the cell that James would enjoy, like that smoke just as he did as if he was alive, um, the ghost teams can watch as, like, James uh-huh. um, takes a big draw of the cigarette that would otherwise go out due to, like, new safety procedures. Mm-hmm. Um, next in D-Block, we have Leroy. Okay. Um, so they, uh, like, the, the tour guides mm-hmm. of the prison said that, uh, like, the paranormal tour guides mm-hmm. said that the prisoners mostly stick to their own sections, which makes sense because okay. like they're prisoners. Um, so Leroy stuck to D block, which is the maximum security as we learned. Mm-hmm. Um, they rarely move around the prison. However, Leroy is another story. <laughs> Leroy in life was a somewhat of a bully. So in death, <laughs> not much has changed. <laughs> Um, so he often will follow ghost teams around the prison, trying to show them that he is there. Like, hey, bitch, (laughs) I am here. Hello, right here. I feel like I snap a lot when I have been drinking. Mm. I've snapped like four times during this episode. You're welcome. The case of the snap. That's what we're going with. Okay, Sierra. Okay, guys. (laughs) Y'all are just going to have to fucking deal with it. All right. So then... There is my story, which I um, do not love. Uh, <laughs> we went, y'all, as, as we have previously mentioned multiple times throughout this em- episode. Um, I about said episode. <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in, you walk in and it looks like a normal building. But however, when you look forward, there are these giant cell door things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those called? Gates. Yeah. Gates. Um, so when you walk into the building, there are these giant gates, uh, like with iron bars and everything. Um, so we got right there and I started to get this really weird feeling, like this really overwhelming feeling. And like, as y'all know, I suffer from anxiety. It's not something I am unused to. Mm -hmm. However, this was a new feeling to me. Like, Mm -hmm. this was, like, a overwhelming, like, we should not be in here right now kind Mm -hmm. of feeling. And as we, like, walked further, we went through the um, hole and everything. And Mm -hmm. it's I feel like it was the hole. Like, right when we got to the entrance of the stairs of the hole. Yeah. Was it not? Yeah. I got this feeling like I am not supposed to be here. I felt like I was about to die. Like, I got this really, really heavy feeling. And then all of a sudden, on my right shoulder... I got this feeling as though someone had grabbed my shoulder and then moved down it. Like, you you know how, like, when somebody tries to pass by you Mm -hmm. and they put their hand on your shoulder and then they kind of, like, you know, brush up against you? Yeah. I swear to you, 
That is what it felt like. And I looked at Sierra and I was like, I should probably not tell her what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> um, just because I don't want to leave. <laughs> um, but I swear, y'all, it was the most uncomfortable feeling I have ever felt. Um, and I have been in a lot of situations and that honestly really, really freaked me out. Like, I have never felt like somebody has not wanted me there more than I felt in that moment. Like, it was just an impending doom kind mm-hmm. of situation. Like, I know we've talked about my vibes that I've got. Yeah. Like, if I if the vibe is off with somebody, I'm like, mm, no thank you. <laughs> However, this was like, Emily, you need to get the fuzzuck out of here right now. Mm. And I have never gotten that sense of, like, impending doom. Huh. And then we got stuck behind the fucking biker game. Y'all, this biker game was absolutely terrible. Like, it was so bad. Like, they were in the hole, um, and they were, like, slamming doors, and this lady that worked there had to come in there and and tell them not to slam the doors, Mm -hmm. and then they went to another cell. Did you hear the lady go back after them and tell them if they didn't quiet down, they would be removed from the premises? No. You didn't hear that? Mm -mm. Really? Okay, so, yeah, this biker game was out of fucking control. How do people just go there and act like that? Really, though? You're in public. There were children there as well. And they were cursing. Like, even I, as um, much as I like to curse, if Mm -hmm. you guys have not noticed, I do not curse around children. It doesn't happen. I'm a nanny. I know that, I I mean, I was training to be a teacher. It's just not something that happens. Yeah. Like, they're children. Mm -hmm. Save their innocence as much as you possibly can. Yeah. I know that makes me feel like, sound like holier than thou, but still. I Um, mean, they have enough... They do. They really do. As, like, childhood trauma survivor right here. (laughs) Um, Sierra knows. Uh, Just barely. Mother, do not not call me after this. Um, (laughs) So, anyway. Yeah, it was just a really, really interesting experience. I would 110% recommend going. We got the moonshine that I am drinking right now from there. It's uh, the brimstone moonshine. It's, like, cinnamon uh, brimstone and cinnamon moonshine. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. It's like a very smooth fireball. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Uh, I wish it was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was a really, really fun experience. It was a very unique experience. Um, besides the overwhelming feeling of doom about to happen. It was, it was good. And that is my case for this week, y'all. <laughs> Sierra comments. I know that it was pretty run down, just, like, from over time. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I didn't have to go there in real life. Oh, 110%. <laughs> y'all, the solitary confinements uh, in uh, exercise oh, units yeah. mm-hmm. were literally no larger than, like, five foot, six foot long and, like, two foot wide. Is that right? Am I am I saying no. that right? No. Okay. What what would you it's say? Definitely bigger than that. It was like seven foot. It was like. It was longer than that. It was like fifteen feet. Really? Long. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, obviously I cannot compute things. Well, I mean, it was bigger than what you were saying, but it's still not big. Like fifteen feet long, like maybe like five, like six feet. There long. was like a pull up bar, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. 
Well, over right now it's overgrown by its own vines. I will also include pictures of that because it was really, really, really insane to Mm -hmm. think of someone exercising out of their 24 hours a day and that was the only form of exercise that they got. Ugh. Yeah, no. Yeah, if you're near, uh, I would suggest checking it out just, you know, for fun. (laughs) For fun. (laughs) I mean, if you're listening to us, I feel like you have to be into that kind of thing. This is like the perfect radio voice. Okay, go ahead. Any more comments? Um, they have more um, moonshine and stuff than the one that you got. You can like do. Oh, they do have a lot of moonshines, y'all, y'all, y'all. Let me tell you about their moonshines because they were so good, except for the scared straight one, which tastes like actual dishwashing detergent. Mm. Never again. <laughs> the peach the cobbler whiskey. one's really good, though. Um, and the whiskey. You like the whiskey? Oh, my God. The whiskey was so good. It was like $45 whiskey. And if we don't already know this, Emily is a sucker for some whiskey. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad I chose that one. It was so good. Sierra picked it out. <laughs> it was so, 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 so good. Um, anyway. Go to the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary solely for the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their bathrooms are nice too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Sierra, plug the things. <laughs> um, pretty much just go on Google and search for a normal podcast. <laughs> I love when you plug it that way. <laughs> um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. That's where I put pictures of our cases. Um, and Emily usually posts like things in between, like things, things I find funny, relevant things like that. Um, so follow us on there. Do and it. Then, um, you can check out our in no our <laughs> internet. Get it together. Internet web. <laughs> internet webpage. Internet webpage. That's a new description. <laughs> uh, Paranormalpodcast.com. That's where we have um, the description, the sources. Um, there's some personal resource links on there as well. Um, you can send us a message on there and it'll contact us, and uh, we'll get that into our email. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you wanted to send us an email, that's fine too. Paranormalpodcast.gmail.com. And. Don't forget to share this podcast. Oh my God, guys, do it. That brings me so much joy. <laughs> do you even know how much joy that brings me? Oh, speaking of joy, Sierra. Yeah. We, y'all, y'all, <laughs> we have a surgery date. Oh, yeah. Holy fucking shit, y'all. How did we not lead with that? Let's just close with it. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Okay. We have a surgery date for my motherfucking hip. It is July 30th, 2021. We got it. Finally, we are there. There Six and a half months later. There is an end in sight. Um, Yeah. Okay. Can y'all get just like send out all of the positive vibes you possibly can. Um, Sierra's tired of driving me places. Um, so <laughs> apparently they're tired of my driving, so there's that. I mean, I see you. 
I just prefer my driving. <laughs> Which is um, coming in strong for my Virgo self. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, did we plug the Patreon yet? Not yet. Okay, guys, follow us. Paranorm Podcast at Patreon.com. Um, if you cannot give monetary donations, then we would kindly appreciate it if you motherfuckers would share our podcast any way you know how. Stories on Instagram, that weird dude down the street where you're like, I see you, homeboy, or <laughs> homegirl, or home baby. Like, I get it, yeah. okay? Our neighbor the other day, other week, y'all, was mm-hmm. literally throwing grass into the other neighbor's yard, putting curses on them. So that's pretty much it, it, y'all. Like, if you (laughs) feel like somebody needs to hear our podcast, then bitches do it. Like, just share it. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Change their lives? That's what they're going to do by (laughs) listening to our podcast, Sierra. Okay, everybody. All right. I am am way too far out there for right now. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Uh, Mm -hmm. We will be back in your wonderful ears. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah. Thank you.